morning, guys. Uh, Christmas Eve. It's good to see you guys. Turn to someone and say, Christmas Eve. I like that. It's an open-ended statement, so it can mean whatever you want. It's Christmas Eve. Um, so here, here's the deal, and I, I share this with you guys a lot. Of time. Like When it comes to days like this, we always feel like a pressure, right? Like there's a pressure because you want to you know, do something big, and so like, and then we're like, well, how do we make it better than we did last year? And there's all this pressure we put on ourselves. And so here's sort of what we decided to do this year. We just decided to simplify it. Like if you're waiting for like a big moment, like a light show or like things falling from the ceilings or something like that, you will not have that here this year. And we're happy about that. This is more like just like friends getting together. You know, I got me a shirt from the cell rack and now we're going to tell some stories and we're going to sing some songs that some of you know, and it's going to be a moment of peace. The world is chaotic enough, right? Let's relax together in here. And so, man, if if you're new to church or whatever, breathe. It's going to be cool. It's going to be short. You're not going to have to introduce yourself. Just relax. It's going to be good. And so we're going to get through this, and I am excited. Guys, we we have been given the greatest gift the world would ever know. Like the the greatest gift we could ever have, we have received. We have received Christ. He came into our world so that he could save us from the world. And so we celebrate that together. Y'all know... um, so we sang some songs there a minute ago. And did you notice the first song was like a collection of songs? We call that a mashup, right? A mashup, or actually on Christmas it's called a medley. The rest of the year it's called a mashup. Just like on Christmas it's Israel instead of just Israel, but whatever. So you, you Christmas up things. But so we combine some songs together to make a song, and we're going to do that again at the end, and I love that. And so I think what I want to do today is share with you guys sort of a mashup of Scripture. And normally, I do not recommend this, just cutting and pasting Scripture and sticking it together to make a point. But I think today it works. Because I think if we take what Matthew said, and Matthew was was an eyewitness to Christ. And if we take what John said, and John was an eyewitness to Christ. And we combine that with what Luke said, and Luke was a guy who interviewed eyewitnesses. I think if we take all their stories and look at them together we actually see the magnitude of this gift we have been given. And so let's, let's go. John chapter 1, verse 1 says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I love that passage, okay? So it's in the, the story starts in the beginning, which is a good place to start a story. In the beginning, there was God, and there was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. And they looked down onto this dark world, and they prepared to launch a plan they'd always had. Because they weren't going to allow you and I to remain in darkness. Because even though the world was dark, the light was about to come into the world. And the light would overcome the darkness. And so this is how the plan goes. It's, it's in John uh, chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh, and he made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, so how did they do it? The word, that's a proper noun, Jesus. He says, I'm going to take on flesh and go into the world as one of them so they might relate to me so that I can rescue them. And so the word takes on flesh, and he actually comes into our world in a way that, that we could know him, in a way that like, he was like us. He was born of a woman, but not like us at all because the woman was a virgin. 
And so he, he says, this is how the plan is going to go. And it says he's going to make his dwelling with us. Does anyone know another word for dwelling? And it's my favorite word in the whole Bible. Tabernacle. How many of you right now are nervous that I'm going to embarrass you in front of the friend you brought? By going something like, tabernacle. I'm not going to, so it's my favorite word. Luke 2, check this out. Check out what Luke says then. Luke 2, 14. Luke says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. So what happens here is Jesus, before this word comes into the world, before he takes on flesh, he sends messengers. And he sends angels into the world, and the angels meet people, and they say, hey, the king is coming, and he's going to bring you peace. And this peace is a peace that's greater than your pieces. Because what we know, and you know this, and I know this, too many of us have tried to find peace in pieces. We tried to find it in in relationships and money and jobs and all these other things, and they almost all disappointed us at some time. And so what Christ offers is a peace that is greater than all of your pieces. And if you bring him your broken pieces, he gives you real peace. And so then, then, then we get to Matthew. And I love this, this, is, this right here. Matthew one twenty one. She, talking about Mary, will give birth to a son. And you shall name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And so Jesus says, all right, I'm I'm coming into the world. I'm coming in like one of you, and I'm going to save you from your sins. The, The gift, the greatest gift, is that you are no longer bound by your sins, You're no longer bound by that desire. You're no longer bound by that addiction. And it doesn't matter if your mama's 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 You don't have to live that way anymore. Sin may still remain in your world, but sin does not reign in your world because you have been set free to live differently. And then he says, not only that, I'm Emmanuel. I'm God with you. Meaning he's not just coming in to save you from sin and then leave. This isn't like a, a Clint Eastwood movie where he just rides in on a horse and, you know, blah, 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 gets rid of everybody and then leaves. He says, I'm coming to be with you. It's not God may be with you one day. It's not God was with you. It's God is with you. That Christ would reside in you. That you wouldn't just know Jesus because you come to some place where some dude tells you about him. You would know Jesus because Christ is in you. He is with you. He came here. You didn't come here to meet him. He came here with you. He's with you now, and he will leave with you because he is Emmanuel. And so these are the gifts we have received, the greatest gifts. You've been given peace. You've been given joy. You've been given hope. You've been given freedom from sin, and you've been given God's presence. This is an amazing gift, and so I think the question today is simple. Here's the question. You ready? Do you like what he got you? When you give somebody a gift, isn't that always like in your mind? I mean, if you give somebody something you really care about, don't you want to know if they like it? Like if I give you something that I worked hard on, say, Andy, here's a gift from you. I'm waiting for something. You know what I'm waiting for? Your response, aren't I? And y'all know if you have kids and if you don't have kids, you know this. And like if you you can just, matter of fact, we could test this with some kids in the room. It could be like a gerbil experience. But listen, here's what you know about kids. You don't have to guess whether or not a kid likes the gift they have received. 
They have amazing poker. As a matter of fact, I was, I was talking to a guy in 830, I won't use his name, but he shared it on Facebook. His name is Josh Kimbrough, so I could use it. All right. <laughs> he shared the story on Facebook. He said he picked his daughter up to have like this Christmas moment with her. And I hope I'm, Josh, I'm sorry if you're watching. But he said uh, he was carrying his daughter and he sweeps her off her feet and he's like, Daddy to the rescue. And he's like, I love you. And she goes, your breath stinks. Isn't that what kids do, though? I mean, if a kid doesn't like the gift, you're going to know it. Kids will not fake it. They might try to fake it because you're, you're pinching them, you know, so they fake it for Grandma. Thanks, Grandma. Is there anything else in this box? Right? But you can tell whether or not a child likes a gift by the way they handle the gift. Are you with me? You can tell whether or not a child likes it, because if, if the child loves it, even though they might lose it in the moment, for like two weeks, they're going to be holding on to it, right? Yeah, do any of y'all remember getting a gift as a child that like you would not let go of? You don't remember that? For most of you, it was probably like a, something like a shotgun or a grunt call or something, right? <laughs> you wouldn't let go of it. Or do you remember when we got our first Dollar General, just that feeling, right? <laughs> so you're with me. Like it's... It's when you get something, you just want to, you don't want to let go of it, right? And so we understand this idea. The, the way you feel about a gift is obvious if you're a child by the way you handle the gift. But it's not just children. And you all know this, if, if you don't have children, the true thing about humans is the magnitude of the gift I have received is apparent by how I handle the gift. You with me? The magnitude, the importance of the gift is obvious by the way I handle it. And you don't have to know what's in my heart to know whether or not a gift means something to me. It is obvious by the way I treat the gift. And so I ask the question again. Do you like the gift he gave you? Because gratitude not expressed will always be received as ingratitude. Right? That's why when your kid gets a gift or when a kid, you know, what, what, do, you all, what do you tell them to say? Say, what do you say? Say thank you. Right? And let me tell you guys this, in a few hours, we will know whether or not we are raising spoiled brats. <laughs> we'll know. It'll be obvious. It'll be obvious what kind of, what kind of whether, we're not, whether we're raising grateful children. That's what I should have said. Let me, let me just be good, Tommy. It's Christmas. So we're going to know whether or not we're raising grateful children in a few hours. And the king of the universe knows whether or not he's raising grateful children. Not because he sees your heart, but because he knows how you handle the gift you have received. Is it obvious in your life that you have received something amazing? Listen, I want you all to hear Mary's. This, so Mary is a teenage girl, okay? She's 12, 13, something like that, maybe 14, and she finds out she's pregnant. And, okay, remember, this really happened. So put yourself in this situation. An angel comes to this teenage girl who's not married yet and says, hey, listen, um, you're, you're pregnant. And she's like, well, I can't be. And he's like, yeah, that's the weird thing. You are. And so Mary's about to have a child and she hasn't been with her. She's not even fully married yet. And so this is a big deal. Like this is compli it's complicated today for a teenage mom. It was even more complicated then. And so Mary knew her life was about to change. She was going to be inconvenienced. There were going to be adjustments, but I want you to hear how Mary responds to this in Luke chapter one, verse 46. And Mary said, my soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regard for the humble state of his bondservant. 
For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is to generation after generation towards those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arms. He has scattered those who are proud in their thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, and he has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has given help to his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. That's Mary's response. And can you imagine, like her best friend Carrie is standing there, and Carrie hears this and goes, girl, you're pregnant. What? Like, that's your response? But I can summarize her response for you in three words. Here's the three words. And this, this three words should be the response of every person who believes they are a grateful child. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. If you believe you have received even 5% of what the Bible says we have received, then the only thing we can respond with is he is worthy. He is worthy of my praise. He is worthy of my joy. He is worthy of my time. He is worthy of everything. Everything I have belongs to him because he has given me himself and he is worthy. The response of grateful children is he is worthy. And people shouldn't have to see our hearts to know whether or not we believe that. It doesn't take an EKG to know whether or not a child is happy about something. right? Not one of you are going to throw heart monitors on your kid tomorrow to see if they like the present. If you are, that's... That's weird. That's weird. It's obvious in how we live. Are we living as though we have received a worthy gift? And guys, this is why we do everything. This is why we do everything. This is why we've given away money each week. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.